Paging Alex Nylander. Mr. Alex Nylander, your ride back to Wilkesbury is waiting right out in front. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It's Penguins versus Islanders tonight at PPG Paints Arena. 7.08 p.m. face-off. It's hard to imagine that there'd be a bigger game than this one for a while, given where both of these teams are in the standings and given how New York has basically just slapped around the Penguins for, oh, a very, very long time now. But here we are. And even in this setting, even when it couldn't be clearer that this team needs every single hand on deck, every single chip pushed to the middle of the table, they still can't get past their number one real apparent priority, and that is appeasing Jeff Carter. I wish I was joking. When I said stuff like that, I wish I was being over the top or hot takeish or whatever, but tell me where I'm wrong. Please, please correct me. Straighten me out. Give me one reason. Give me one reason at all why Nylander should go back to Wilkes-Barre after the way he performed in his Pittsburgh debut the other night in the win over Columbus. He wasn't magical. He wasn't Connor McDavid out there. He had an assist. He had a couple of pluses. He looked like he really fit in on the Evgeny Malkin line, along with Jason Zucker. He wasn't blown away by the caliber of his new center. He wasn't floored by the surroundings. He wasn't intimidated by anything. Just played hockey and played it really well. By the way, he played it really well all over the rink. Listen to Mike Sullivan's description of Nylander's 200-foot game after the coaches watched tape of it yesterday. Yeah, so the coaches were really impressed with Alex's game. I thought, uh, you know, I, we knew he was a guy that that could make plays. He's got good offensive instincts. I think that that's the strength of the strength of his game but what we what really impressed us was was just as uh, his 200 foot game his game away from the puck some of the details of uh, defending uh, his strength along the walls protecting pucks he made good decisions with the puck he wasn't a high risk player uh, and that's an important aspect of winning and, and making sure that you make good decisions when you have the puck so you don't put your team in vulnerable spots and uh, you know I, I thought he had some uh, he made some decisions coming through the neutral zone with the puck where there wasn't a lot going on and, and he was willing to play behind the, our opponent's defenseman and, and try to create offense different ways. He didn't force things that, that weren't there, so to speak. Um, and, and I thought his play away from the puck uh, was pretty solid. His, uh, his recognition skills, his details uh, off of uh, our, whether it be D-zone coverage or face-off responsibilities, things like that, uh, where he was locked in. And, and I think there's a lot of growth there, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit for it. Yeah, sounds like they're really down on the kid, huh? Can't wait to get rid of him. And yet, and yet, when they practiced, in the actual session that occurred minutes before that response that you just heard, Nylander was rotating 
through the third line with Carter. Now, which of those two do you think is going to go? Do you really think they're going to jettison Carter? Really? Meaning to the press box, they can't do anything else with him, but they can send him to the press box. They can make him a healthy scratch. Nope, because later in the day, Brian Burke, president of hockey operations, was part of the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton broadcast. And while on there, he spoke about Nylander's performance, and he strongly suggested that Nylander might have to come back for what he described as being cap reasons. Now, Burke kind of hesitated when he said that as it related to the cap. My own information, and you know, I'm hardly the ultimate authority on this, is that they'd be able to keep Nylander in the NHL without going over the cap. If that's the case, he needs to stay, and Carter needs to sit. And even if the cap is an issue, find a way around it. Cut somebody else, release somebody else, wave somebody else. When you have a player who just shows up out of the American Hockey League and fits right in like that with your second line alongside a Hall of Fame center and your most productive winger, you don't send him right back. There are so many reasons for this, and I feel stupid even listing them for you. But for crying out loud, if your only reason or your principal reason for sending him back would be that you can't mess with Carter or you can't risk, I don't even know what the Carter grip is over these people. I do know that I have seen time and time and time again over the 2022-23 NHL season, that this management and this coaching staff, and Mike Sullivan in particular, have moved mountains to accommodate Carter. He ain't worth it, people. This was a very, very good player in this league for a long time. And yeah, he's had a little bit of an upturn lately because he's had better wingers. But he's currently as washed as washed gets. No matter how much they all seem to wish and hope otherwise, it doesn't materialize. No matter how many super specific roles they give him, such as throwing him out there at the beginning of overtime for a face-off, which he loses and then goes off to the bench, it doesn't turn into anything. This is not a priority, much less the priority. There are two more seasons after this one of Sidney Patrick Crosby under contract. That is the priority. Trying to do right by Carter or whatever their perception is of doing right by him, they already did that. They're paying him unconditionally money, big money, over this season and next season. Great. Call it a day on that front. He's doing just fine. He'll overcome being scratched. And, and please, please, please don't, don't even think of bringing up how it would affect team chemistry or camaraderie because the same team chemistry and camaraderie that everyone wants to, to, to make sure is untouchable is what brings you that first 20 minutes the other night against Columbus. That's not worth preserving. That's something you want to blow up. That's not... That, that's not, you go, oh, we can't touch this because this team's got this real vibe about it. Ask the Blue Jackets. 
about the Penguins' vibe through the first 20 minutes the other night. They won't. They won't surprise us. They won't do the right thing here. Nylander's going to go back, or he's going to get scratched, and then he's going to go back. That's another methodology you can use with this stuff, where, well, he can't go out there and be super efficient, and then we send him back down, so he becomes just a healthy scratch. A couple of games go by. We all forget the Nylander game against Columbus, and there he goes. Some minor transaction in the morning, just like that. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Dan who says DK I realize that the cap is the most obvious issue regarding the challenge of bringing Jason Zucker back I'm wondering why he'd want to come back even if the money was competitive with other options he's probably working toward his last contract and it would seem for someone who's never made a deep playoff run or gotten a sniff of the cup final why wouldn't he seek out a team that's a contender Dan, the best answer I can give you is the one that Zook would give you himself. And I've tried him on this one several times. Not specifically what you're asking, but his belief in the rest of the team. Because I see a lot of what it sounds like you're seeing, which is here's this one guy huffing and puffing and running up hillsides and doing everything that he can to get the rest of this cadaver operation to wake up. And then at the end, if he pulls it off, it's like, yay, look, way to go. Yeah, okay, good job, everybody. And and it just becomes kind of accepted that, well, yeah, that's what he does. He wakes us all up. And you would think that he would be put off by that. He most certainly is not. Uh, his belief in this team, in this roster, in the faces that he sees in that locker room before every faceoff, is infinite and genuine. I have poked and prodded this young man so much on this subject, and I get nowhere, not in any capacity, not in a formal interview, not in a casual conversation, nothing. He thinks this is a team that can get it done. So throw that concept, Dan, right out of the equation. Your first point, that it'll be tough to sign him because of the cap, is accurate. And that was part of what made the Mikhail Granlund trade so blah, awful, even though I like Granlund as a player. You just can't be assuming somebody else's $5 million cap hit this year plus the next two and not think of the potential ramifications. It's not just about Zucker. It's also about Tristan Jari. Now, I wouldn't be approaching Jari about any kind of extension, not a one-day extension with the way he's going about his business this year. But even if you don't sign Jari, you're going to need a goaltender, and a goaltender is going to be expensive. And you don't take that money and just hand it all to a guy that you think might be able to help your third line or whatever. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you that Zucker is someone you need to bring back, but you also got to be smart about it. There hasn't been much precedent for that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.